My name is Jennifer Elston, and I'm an entrepreneur, social marketer, attorney, vision strategist, and most importantly, I'm a mom of four. We have this one life, and I believe that the only time that any of us truly have is now. And I don't want us to waste a second. So no, you are not excused. You can ditch the overwhelm, and you can make big mindset moves by seeing excuses as the reasons for showing up in your own life. So let's change the world one candid conversation at a time. Hello, friends, and welcome to the You Are Not Excused podcast. So whether you are new here or if you never miss an episode, thank you if you never miss an episode, I want to thank you for giving me a piece of your day, your time, because I believe that time is our greatest currency. So any small amount that I am given, (laughs) that you are giving of your time to listen to me, that is always amazing to me because your time is so valuable. And May is a big month. We're recording this episode in May. And if you are a parent, it is one of the busiest months of the year. For some, it's it's the busiest. But it's always a crazy month, a beautiful month. We have Mother's Day. It's my birthday month. And I used to celebrate all month long, my birthday. But now uh, I, I try to limit it to maybe a week or two. And um, it's also my mother's birthday month, uh, heavenly birthday now. And it's also the month that she passed over two decades ago, just a few days before my birthday, actually, which it just doesn't even seem possible that that much time has gone by. It, It really doesn't. And if you are someone who has lost a parent or like myself, both of your parents, it is not easy. And I can offer you that it it does become easier. It becomes bearable. It never goes away. And sometimes that grief will hit you out of the blue. But I want to tell you a story and stick with me because it's going to make sense as to why I am telling it here if you uh, stay here for the whole story. Okay, um, this really hit me. And the lesson, the lessons of this, the, the reason that I wanted to share this hit me in, in such a way that I knew I needed to, to share it and record it before the others that I was planning to do. So my mother, uh, Roseanne, passed away from cancer. She was in her late 60s. I believe she was 68. And I am the youngest of nine. I have seven brothers and one sister. So she had seven boys and two girls. You all, my brothers and and my sister were all roughly 11 months apart. There were a couple in there where there was closer to an 18-month gap, <laughs> but not, not much beyond that. They were all sort of back to back to back. And then I'm 12 years younger than my closest sibling, who also happens to be my sister. And, and even though we had that 12 year gap, we grew up very close. So when I was born, my mom was 45 years old and most of my siblings were already out of the house. They were in college or beyond already. Um, she started, my, my father was in the military. He was a few years older than her, five years older than her actually. And, and they started having children right after they got married pretty young. 
So I was a surprise, a, a later in life surprise for them. It's it's less unusual now that people are having children at 45 and 50 years old, but it was very unusual then. So miraculous, you might say. <laughs> so my mother, my mother grew up in the 30s and 40s. She was born in 1934 and she was one of, I believe, seven children. And she grew up in a home where she was raised to do women's work, meaning she was able to go to high school, but she helped care for her younger siblings. And although she was very smart and she was well-spoken and she was poised and she was beautiful, she was forbidden from an education past high school by her father. She was forbidden to go to college by her father. Uh, he told her that women didn't go to college she she shared this story with me numerous times growing up. They became wives, they raised children, they took care of a home, and you don't need a college degree for that. She found my dad, or he found her. He he often said he was struck by her beauty, and so he was a, he was a two sport collegiate athlete. He played both football and basketball at St. Joe College in Indiana, and he was a Hall of Famer. He became a teacher. He became a coach. He went on to become an athletic director, and he was always working. He was always at a sporting event. He was always at a banquet. He was always at a game. He was um, he was always working. He wasn't there a lot, but I, don't, I also don't want you to get the wrong idea because he was a present parent. I went to many sporting events with him. He did not just leave us at home with with our mom and expect that she would take care of us. He did his share and he did his share around the house and he did his share of cooking and he was good and he was kind and he was happy and he loved us and he loved her well. And he supported her and that, that is important. And I think an important part of the story and the story of, of our growing up as kids. So, so he did his share and although they, they had nine kids like I said, he respected her and he and her brain and her wit and her business sense and he supported her in starting and building a business and she had outstanding sewing skills. Of course, she was taught sewing skills because that was part of her domestic duty, right? Her upbringing to be someone's wife and mother. And she used those sewing skills to make gowns to make wedding gowns to make brides bridesmaid dresses prom dresses and to do alterations and she opened up a bridal shop in the downtown area of the town that I grew up in she also helped plan weddings she didn't just make all of the dresses of course they had dresses that they ordered from from catalogs and in companies but she could do anything she could make the veil that you wanted she could do all of the alterations she could do custom gowns and I can remember and have very vivid memories of her spending hours and staying up late and getting up early in her sewing machine set up in either the kitchen or the dining room uh, and, and everything in her cutting fabrics and, and sewing and, and gluing on and sewing on beads. And, and those are very vivid memories. She worked and she built a successful business. My mother, without a college education, who was told she would not amount to anything outside of the home, 
built a successful business while she was raising nine children, seven boys in a row. Every one of which went to college and on to success. Teachers, multiple teachers, uh, finance, a physician, two attorneys, and now she has two granddaughters, well, there were 24, 25 grandchildren. Two of her granddaughters are physicians. One granddaughter is a lawyer. And can you imagine a woman who was told that women don't go to college, they don't need an education? Has two daughters with law degrees, two granddaughters who are physicians, one who is a lawyer, and who knows what what the others will become. Can you imagine what she must think and feel when she looks down from her front row seat and sees what and who happened because of her? Even though she wasn't allowed an education beyond high school, even though she was told and, and programmed to believe that she shouldn't even want one, she didn't deserve one, she broke the barrier. She was witty and she was smart and she was strong and she was sarcastic and she was empathetic. She had a temper and she loved her kids. She also suffered from social anxiety her whole life. It, it worsened in her later years. And uh, when I was a freshman in college, she was diagnosed with uh, terminal lymphoma. It was a battle after that, obviously, it, but she survived for the next five years and we actually, we lost her after my first year of law school. And at least though, you know, she, she was able to see me get married. She, you know, the time that I got married five months prior, she was the sickest she had ever been. She was using a wheelchair. She was unable to get out of bed for weeks. She told me she did not think she would be able to come. And then the day of the wedding, well, the week of the wedding, I went out and got her dress because we really didn't think she would be able to come. And so, uh, but I went and got her dress in Louisville and she put on the dress and her wig, and she found the strength to not just show up at my wedding, but to have my brother walk her down the aisle to her seat in the front. She went to the reception. She, she had a great time. She closed that reception down. She saw everyone she loved in life one last time. And we would lose her a little less than five months later. And I haven't had my mother for most of my adult life. I, I don't have anybody to call for babysitting advice, help to talk, to, to argue with, to go shopping with, to meet me for lunch, to hear their voice. And, and like I, I said, I also lost my father and, um, about seven years ago. And the loss of both of them, it, it, is, it is still significant. It will always be significant. But the memories, the lessons learned, those are profound. And they have become more so over time. 
I have those memories of both of my parents, good and bad. And embedded in those memories are the core things that they modeled for us and taught to us. And sometimes we don't realize those things right away. And then, and then one day it, it hits us. Oh my gosh. I'm like my mom in a lot of ways, good and bad. But my mother made no excuses. I don't know how many people would and could do what she did. Who would even try in today's world, especially. People are knocked out of the game so easily. There's never time. There's never enough energy. They have kids. They, they have a job. They, they, whatever, lack confidence. They had a toxic upbringing. It goes on and on and on. And, and people see the why they can't versus why they can or why they should or why they have to. My mother was told not to. And, and she was going to prove who she was. She did it anyway in the way that she could. And, and here's the, uh, the, the most profound thing. Not necessarily what she did, but what she modeled and showed and told. She raised nine children, seven boys and two girls to do the same. She never once suggested that we couldn't be anything we wanted to be. She never once suggested that we not go to college, that we not chase our dreams, that we settle, that we just get married and stay home and have kids and that's the end. She wanted every single one of us to do everything that we could possibly do in life. And I think it really hit me that she did that because she couldn't. She, she made a way but was denied going to college, chasing dreams, doing more, seeing the world. So she wanted us to do that, to be everything that we could possibly be, to see the world, to read more, to learn, to get advanced degrees if possible, or if we desired to, to break down the barriers and make sure that we used every gift that we had been given. And I mean innate gifts, gifts, gifts from God, gifts from the universe. We didn't grow up wealthy. We didn't grow up financially blessed. But she wanted to make sure that we took what was available to us and that we made the most of it. Because she couldn't, because she was forbidden. She was told that she was a woman, so it was off limits. She was told she could not be more, do more, or have more. So she encouraged us to be more, do more, and have more than maybe we would have thought possible for ourselves. She did what she could. She used every last gift she had and every ounce of time that she had to make the best life that she could alongside my father, for our family. 
and to raise all nine of us to never settle, to do, not to make excuses. And this is it, friends. This is it, right? This is it. How on earth can I know that and go through life and just settle? Just make excuses. Just justify why mediocrity is enough or downgrade to meet my reality versus working harder for what it is that I want in my vision. How many of you downgrade your life to what your current reality is instead of having a vision that you are up-leveling for? Right? Making excuses. How can I not go after everything that I possibly can for myself and for my family and to show my children what is possible for them on this earth in the limited time that we have we're not guaranteed tomorrow we're not guaranteed next month we're not guaranteed next year we're not guaranteed a time that things are going to settle down we're not guaranteed that there's going to be a perfect time a right time a break in the action there's always going to be something right we have to stop putting things off she fought for it she wanted it so desperately. And she couldn't have that reality, so she created one and she fought for us to have everything possible. And I could squander it, and I have at times. And I guess it never really hit me that she was really the, the, the OG smasher of excuses. That she showed up and she lived fully and she made the most of the hand that she was dealt. Not so she could just settle for the hand she was dealt. But so she could get a better hand. And I, and I want to thank her. And I'm sure she can hear me right now as I do it. And my father too for who he was in supporting her and who he was for us. They had very different personalities. But I want to thank my mother in this month of, of her birthday and Mother's Day and, and anniversary of her passing. I want to thank her. And I want to thank all of the other mothers and the parents and the, and the parental figures out there who encourage or have encouraged their children to dream bigger. Who don't tell them why something isn't possible who encourage them to try new things to to play the sports to go to school and get the highest education that they possibly can or if it's chasing dreams of theater acting whatever it is that they chase those dreams to the highest level that they can and that they desire in their souls and that they that they take out the loans to go. She told me when I was afraid to go to law school. Um, <laughs> that very advice. I said, you know, I, I told her that I, right before I went to law school, I said, you know, I think I'm just, I'm not going to go. And I'm going to go do this other thing instead. And she said, absolutely not. You take out the loans to go. You do what it takes to go. Because it's going to allow you a life to be able to pay them back 
and then some. Take the opportunity. And I, I was sitting at my daughter's starting a new school. And it, it's, it's expensive. It's not easy. And all I could think was most, it's, and it's a girl's school. It's, an, it's amazing. And all I could think was most girls never had this opportunity. The way that they were pouring into them, the things that they were saying at this welcome banquet, most women and girls don't have this kind of an opportunity. And, and how incredible that she can get an education that she deserves and I will do everything in my power to make sure that she gets it. That she gets that opportunity. You know, I want to thank the parents and recognize the parents who grew up a certain way and with certain barriers. And they made sure that those barriers were not and are not passed generationally. And maybe you are one of those people doing it right right now. You are stopping generational suppression, poverty, programming, lack of education, negativity, toxicity, breaking them down so that their children and grandchildren and, and further generations could be more, have more, and do more. Some of you are listening right now who have a choice to break barriers down for yourself and for future generations. It is not too late for you. It is not too late for your children. It is not too late for their children, for generations to come, to break the pattern, to model that for other people. Or you don't have children. You know how many other people you can inspire? Take the chance. Some of you have someone incredible in heaven who has already passed or is, is still here on earth who did this very thing for you, who encouraged you, loved you, told you that you could be anything, to keep going, to keep going for you. And so I'm going to suggest that you keep going for you, but if you are not yet enough motivation for yourself, keep going for them. Do it for them and what they did, what they sacrificed, what they worked for, what they encouraged, what they broke down. For the people who dismantled walls that held them and others back and could have done the same for you or continue to break down those walls now. Who did this for you? Think about that. Write it down. Write the story. Some of you have never had a champion in your corner. You have never had a model in your family or in the adults who were influencing you and, and shaping you. you. You had a toxic environment. You did not have modeling, encouragement, support, love, or trust was broken somewhere along the line. And I recognize that. But you can be the one to end the toxic cycle. The power was within you the whole time, Dorothy. (laughs) I know I keep saying that, but look to you. You can change the game for you and future generations. Who could you and would you break down walls for? 
What would you like to be able to provide? Change. I'm going to tell you, you can. So I challenge you to move forward with intention to do what those who came before you and us couldn't do. What they were never allowed to do, forbidden to do, afraid to do, because you're a change maker. As much as I am, you just have to step into it. And decades from now, you could have a family member or just another person, maybe a student that you teach or someone that you mentored or someone that you worked with who remembers what you did, what you stood for, what you worked for, what you modeled, that you didn't make excuses, that you were fueled by reasons and vision and you made things happen that showed them that they could do the same and that they could do anything, that they could break down barriers, that they could be more because of you, but not if you sit on the sidelines, Not if you continue to overthink, to procrastinate, to play the blame game, to be the victim, to make excuses, to wait for something or a time or the perfect timing or for someone else to finally lift your head up and do something, to take that inspired action towards your vision, to work to your potential. And not to your reality. And in in the memory of my mom and my dad, but really my mom, I'm gonna I'm gonna beg you today to work to your potential and not your reality. Start now. Thank you so much for listening today. It has been my honor to share time with you, and I hope that you will share this podcast with the people important to you who you think may need to hear it. And please follow or subscribe to the show where you listen to your podcasts. If there's a topic you would like me to cover, please message me on Instagram or Facebook. Join me right here on the next episode of You Are Not Excused. Thank you.